you know, like the characters. But I think they get a lot more about like life and like not being materialistic than we do. I mean, there's like That's other true. things obviously that like everyone's lacking and they're lacking too. But like, there's certain things that I feel like they get better than I do. Yeah, it's kind of cool. How did you start up this idea? Um, I don't know. We're, just, we're visiting homeless people. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm one of our really good friends, Scott, who's on his mission now. He's like, I don't know. He just always did it. He's lived here for a long time. And he's always done it. So that's cool. Dude, that's that's real charity, man. You ever go on like Reddit r slash vagabond? It's all about people. I've never been on Reddit ever. It's what? crazy. Why does it scare you? <laughs> I don't know. It's not like it's got porn on it. No, it's not that. I'm just oh, afraid. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, depends on what you're looking at. Dude. Reddit. Just uh, whatever, man. Be comfortable. Yeah, dude. Just make yourself comfortable. Strip down. Sit in my seat. Take your pants off. <laughs> let, let me put on. Uh, let me put on something more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let me yeah. slip into I something. Do what? We're gonna use a uh, 1980s technology. Okay. Just tell me when you want to go. Just go, man. Oh, well, are we gonna use yours as well? It's already been going. Oh, it's already recording? Yeah, see how okay. natural it was? Now it's all uncomfortable. Thanks a lot. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start now. It's okay. Go ahead. I still talking to homeless. Yeah. But, um, so, like, the ones that are homeless and want to be homeless, we still talk to, and, like, like, our whole organization is based off of, like, showing love and, like, humanizing people. Yeah. Because, like, even if, they, like, they're just looking for handouts and you have nothing to give and you don't want to give it to them, I think it's still important to talk with people. And so, like, we just talk to them. And then, like, there are some that want to get out, but they don't know where to start. And so we kind of form, like, personal relationships with them. And then we're like, hey, if you wanted to get over your drug problem, you can go here. If yeah. you want a job, you can go here. Kind of BRT, mm-hmm. build a relationship of trust. Yeah. You ever heard of, what? You ever heard of Jordan Peterson? Mm-hmm. So he's a psychologist out of uh, Toronto. Big, like, big figurehead right now. Big uh, philosopher, um, psychologist, worked for the University of Toronto. Anyways, he wrote a book, and one of the chapters in the book, it's called 12 Rules for Life. So each chapter is a rule. One of the rules is... Um, assume that others, that everybody knows something that you don't know. So I think that that might be a good rule going into talking to these homeless people. Like, sometimes we assume that they're, you know, lesser beings. Like, you were talking about humanizing them, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, sometimes we think, like, maybe they're not as smart as we are because they're homeless. But it's like, they all have something that we can learn from them. Some of them are really fun, too. Some of them want to teach us how to, like, throw a net and stuff and, like, fish. Yeah, that's sweet. It's cool. Would you say this is the modern hunter-gatherer? Nomad. Maybe. Nomad. I said modern. Dude, I feel like Kinda humans weird. should be nomadic. I think that'd be so cool. <laughs> be Some cool. people, there was a guy in my ward a long time ago who would always move every year just somewhere else. Yeah. What do you think was the biggest or most common reason people were homeless? Um, Maybe just here in Hawaii. It's hard to say... A lot of them, you'd have to categorize, because, like, a lot of it is mental illness, okay. but then, like, the non-mentally ill folks are, like, um, they lost a job and couldn't pay rent, and then they were out on the street for a little bit, and then it's really hard once you're on the street to get off, because, like, then stuff starts getting stolen from you, because yeah. theft is pretty common, and because, like, everyone... 
yeah. And so theft is common, but it makes it hard for people because there's this one guy who actually I heard isn't homeless anymore that we like talked wow. to. And like we didn't really do much for him because he was just so motivated on his own. Yeah. Um, and he like has a lot of skills. He's like he used to be a personal trainer and stuff. Dang. Um, but he we met him and he's not on the street anymore because he just wanted to get off so bad. But like um, people like him, like he he just lost his job, then lost his house or like couldn't pay rent, and then he was just on the street and he had quite a few possessions, but they just kept getting stolen. He had a car got stolen. Dang. And so, like, he just was like, well, crap. So, yeah. I had this experience once a long time ago with National Guard. We were volunteering at the local National Guard. And it was, like, homeless people, but it wasn't, like, your typical, like, hobo. Mm-hmm. It was really, like, people who, like, had degrees. People, yeah. People who had, like, you know, good stuff, but they just, you know, bad luck. Yeah. And it was really interesting to be, like, well, even, like, educated people are suffering. Well, it's crazy, it's too. Like, there's some kids that, like, they've just been in it their whole lives. Like, That's this one girl, her name's JC. She's, like, all right, she's, like, 21. And she she went to Kahuka High School, but, like, she was... Her parents lost her house when she was, like, 11. Dang. And so she's just on the streets, like, all through middle and high school. And so it's really hard to graduate high school when you're, like... Homeless. When you don't have a place to do homework or keep anything or, like... And you're just moving constantly from, like, location to location. Yeah. And so she dropped out. Like, she flunked out pretty much. And then... Did teachers or students say anything? Did they... Mm, I haven't asked that specifically. She's really shy, but... I'm impressed she told us this much. (laughs) But she, like... Yeah, so she just... And, like, we asked her, like, do you want to not be homeless anymore? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, do you know, like, what you would do? And she's like, I don't know where to start. That was kind of where we got the idea to start, like, working with people who, like, want to get out. Because, like, she doesn't know where to... Because her parents don't yeah. know how to do it. And so, like, they can't teach her. Kind of, like, like she's not graduated. Yeah. Like, get a, a place to start and kind of, like, a track to get on so that they can... Yeah. What would be the first step? For her? The first thing to educate them on? I think she has some drug problems. Um, so getting her kind of in a program for that. Because, like, a lot of housing... Um, whatever what's the word I'm looking for agencies is that the uh-huh. word uh-huh. that's like, good yeah um, they require like certain things and you have to be like off drugs and you have to be able to like sustain yourself mm-hmm. and, and so um, yeah so for her probably like drug stuff getting a job then finding a cheap place to live so of the people that you've gone around and talked to how many of them have a drug issue a large yeah. Large portion. Have you met a homeless person that doesn't have a drug issue? Or yeah. Okay. Like the guy that just got off the street. Like so he motivated doesn't... guy. What? The motivated guy. Yeah. So you would say I mean, like, that he smokes weed. But... <laughs> that's, Barely. That's, a different, that's a different debate. Yeah, I don't count that is like a drug problem. You know what I mean? It's not what like... is the common drug that is a drug problem? Um, they said ice. Like meth is pretty big. Oh. Is what a lot is that what he told us? They call it ice. Yeah. Meth or like really on the island, huh? Where do they get it? Just where do people get it on the island? Just ship it airplanes? I don't know. I think people cook it here probably, and then like that's that's why people steal stuff is like Uh they get desperate and they want to buy meth or something. Uh, Walter White. Yeah, (laughs) I wasn't gonna bring it up, but yeah, (laughs) that's dope. Do you think those government programs are effective, like those housing and stuff? No. 
but like, especially like out here on the North Shore, just like, there's social workers that are all in Kaneohe pretty much that are assigned to all these people like to help them. So they're too far away. And you ask them, and they're like, "Yeah, I haven't seen a social worker in years." Like. Dang. And there's just too many and too far away. I think they underestimate how many people there are. How many? And like they are pretty like transient, so like. Oh yeah. It's hard to track them down unless you go like weekly. That's what we kind of try to do. I mean, you can see every once in a while. Um, we were at the Moras earlier, and we see. So I see people like maybe one homeless person. I assume they're homeless, um, shopping there, you yeah. know, getting some food or something. Yeah, they a lot of the ones that live in Haula Beach Park are there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But um, with the drug problem, is it started off young, or is it a more recent thing? It just varies. I don't know. It's kind of a sensitive thing to ask about. Uh huh. And I don't pretend to be like a social worker or like. A specialist, so I usually don't try to dig super deep. Yeah. Into that kind of, kind of thing, I just try to like be their friend and then like turn them on to stuff if they want to get over it. You know, like hey, there's this therapy program. Or... They ever ask for money from you? Yeah. I'll... Yeah. What do you say in those situations? I just say like I'm a student too. I don't have like necessarily much to give, but I'm like willing to help out. Like if you need to like rebuild like your home or whatever, or like or do whatever, I'm willing to help. Like. I don't know, but usually we just kind of talk story. Like, yeah. How do you approach anything. someone new? Um, usually it's nice to, like, name drop people you know. <laughs> like, oh. hey, like, we're here looking for Laurel. Do you, like, do you know him? And they're like, yeah. And then we start talking. Oh, cool. And it's like, how long have you been here? And they're like, oh, well, this long. Do you live from, like, did you grow up around here? And I don't know. They just, they did most up. of them open up pretty quick? Mm, half and half. Half and half. Yeah. One of the guys that I feel like the most connected to, his name's Tony. He had a, I had a really cool experience with him alone in the car. I was just, like, talking to him about, like... Because we took them to dinner, and we did, like, this dinner at McDonald's where we just, like, brought them all That's in awesome. McDonald's and bought them dinner. And, like, I drove in the car alone with him, like, picked him up and took him, and we were just talking, and he's like, thank you guys so much. Like, you guys are so great, such great people. Uh, like, I just wanted to, like, explain to him that it's not like, a, we're up here helping you down here. Like, we're all level. Yeah. Like... I feel like it turns into, like, an us and them thing, even when you're helping. It turns into, like, well, I'm the helping party, and they're the being helped, the receiving yeah. party, right? But, like, um, someone put it really well when they were, like, they said a prayer before one of our meetings, and they were, like, please bless the part of us that is less fortunate right now. And I, like, really liked that. It's, like, the part of our family that's, yeah, yeah. like, outside of us right now and is less fortunate. Yeah. And so I was explaining to this guy, like, we're not up here. We're, like, we're brothers. We're friends. Like, I have a lot of that I can learn from you. I don't know. And he was just, like, kind of touched that, like, I saw it that way. And, like, I didn't see myself as better than him, I guess. So, like, and no. then he opened up to me about, like, he's like, yeah, like, I almost went on a mission. He turned out to be Mormon. He's like, really? wow. I almost went on a mission. But then I started doing stuff I shouldn't have done. And I'm like, I know eventually I have to go back to church. And so, like, there's, like, cool stuff that you find out about people. And, like, I, don't, I have hope for him. I want to see him again. But I didn't. It's hard to track down. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Probably doesn't have a cell phone or anything. Mm-mm. So it, it's almost like it changes from an us and them mentality to like a we mentality. Yeah. That's really awesome. Cause, so the organization's name is Everyone is Ohana. And so the idea is just like... Everybody's family, yeah. I, uh, uh, when I lived in Salt Lake, um, it was last, it was probably this time last year. We did, like, a burrito thing where we made a bunch of burritos, and we took them out to um, homeless people in Salt Lake. 
there's a lot of homeless people in Salt Lake because some of them actually get shipped from other cities and states because yeah. of the welfare program yeah. in Salt Lake. Um, but I remember I, I helped a guy out, gave him a burrito. And, you know, going into it, you have that kind of like us and them mm-hmm. uh, mentality. But I, I talked to this guy and he's like, he's so thankful that we got him a burrito. And he was like, man, I just got off of work. I worked an eight hour day, like whatever, like, and that kind of broke down a barrier for me. It was like, wow, like this dude is like on the grind as I'm, I'm on the grind. Like we're both like mm-hmm. have similar things. He goes to work. I go to work. Like we're both like living our lives with living, breathing human beings. It's like, it's, it's pretty amazing once you like kind of break that barrier between the us and them. Yeah. Cause it, it, re- it really is like the more you talk to them, it's just like, they're just the same as us. Like they just different circumstances, you know? Yeah. What you have in your bank account, that's the only thing that's like, yeah, it, like that's like, say you have like a grand in your bank account. That's the only thing that's standing between you and you and your circumstances and their circumstances yeah. really. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, because, like, growing up, I was, like, afraid of homeless people. Mm-hmm. I mean, even warned, like, oh, don't talk to them. They're yeah. dangerous. And I guess some of them are. Some of them are not. You do have to be careful. Yeah, but it's, like, that whole, like, oh, dude, it's that scary guy on the corner. Like, don't go there. So I guess, like, to help them, we just have to educate people. Yeah. Right? I think that's what you're doing. Yeah, so it's kind of like, cool. like, humanizing. You kind of have to be real about it, too. Like you were saying, like, some of them can be dangerous because any any sort of addict is dangerous when they're looking for their next fix, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you do have to be real about it. Having a foothold is really good too, like having friends in the homeless community and being like, should we talk to that guy? And they're like, no, he's dangerous. Okay. And like, they'll tell you because they're your friend and they like trust you. How'd you get into the homeless scene? You just go back and like help out with stuff. Like, I'm, like, not as good because I'm not as, like, handy and stuff, but they have, like, cars and stuff sometimes. And, like, my friend Bryce that I do this with, like, he'll help fix stuff and, like, we'll take our friends that know that are mechanics and just, like, help fix some stuff for free or, like, help them rebuild a fort. The very, very first contact we made was we just bought a bunch of musubi, like, spam musubi, and then we just were like, hey, we're handing out spam musubi, like, want want one? And they're like, I'll take, like, three. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and so we'd give them and then like after that they're just like no it's the Musubi guys so then we just start coming back like, that's dope but like, that's cool. and like we'd <laughs> explain like to them like well we band. can't like, give you food all the time but like we want to be your friend so it's like, yeah we're not just Musubi guys we're more than we're Musubi. more than Musubi would you say there's like a culture in the homeless community uh, something similar kind of yeah and there's different like factions like interesting like, even within Halula Beach Park, like, some people don't talk to each other as much. Some people, like, hang out all the time and talk. Clicks, almost. Yeah, there's clicks. Um, it's like outdoor high school. Kind of, yeah. Outdoor yeah. high school. Except friendlier. <laughs> Except friendlier. Okay. That's nice. Except people are nicer, and there's no blonde girls. It doesn't sound that bad. Blonde girls don't end up homeless. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You can erase that if you want. This <laughs> is a joke, everyone. Calm down. <laughs> Jeez. Um, is there... How do I say this? Like, is there a certain type of person that gets that becomes homeless? Like a, like a culture, a specific culture, a specific group of people? 
Or is it just everyone? It's hard to say if it's like a specific kind of person or if it's like a something, if any similarities are formed by the circumstance, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like egg or the chicken, chicken or the egg. I don't know. So is it just case by case then? <laughs> what? So it's just more like a case by yeah, case. Yeah, I think okay. so. Interesting. Because you have guys like Laurel who was really motivated to get off and like he only came to the island in the first place. He's from Arizona, a guy that's not homeless anymore. He only came to, for a girl and like broke up with the girl. Dude, and that like, always happens, man. Met a guy in Salt Lake. Really? Moved moved to Salt Lake for a girl. She broke up with him and I mean he wasn't he wasn't homeless, but <laughs> he was sad. He was definitely sad. <laughs> Is there any, like, uh, people joining you? Yeah, tons of people. I was very impressed. So we, like, started... Because it was just... Uh, it started out as four friends just kind of going out. And then one dropped, one went on mission. And then we, like, decided we kind of wanted to turn it into, like, a real thing. But we're not allowed to be a club for the school because of liability. Yeah, so we have to that. be, like, an actual, like, non-profit. And so that's what we're doing now is, like, yeah. trying to become a 501c3. I think it's called. Oh, you gotta fill out taxes for that, eh? Mm-hmm. And so, the thing, that's why, like, me and Bryce, we're not, me and my friend that are doing this, we're not good at that kind of thing at all. Yeah. Like, I am so bad with resources, money, account, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know how to budget. Oh, really? I'm, like, so bad with that kind of thing. And so, like, we want to help and do, like, the right thing. And so, we just, like, kind of advertised everyone. We're like, hey, we're doing this thing. Come to this meeting if you're interested. And so, like, at the beginning of the semester, we had a meeting, and, like, 30 people showed up that wanted to help. Yeah. And so that's, now we... That's good. Like, because it, it really should be, like, a full-time gig, you know, mm-hmm. realistically. Yeah. Um, but because so many volunteers have come, we can kind of, like, divide it up to, like, one or two to three hours a week of work. And so everyone's willing to do it and help. And then the Willis Center here at school um, offered to help, like, sponsor us. Because nice. you have to pay $1,200 to become a 501c3 initially and like fill out like all this paperwork and do all this legal stuff and the Willis Center offered to do it for us wow we we just had to like do a proposal and they accepted it today actually awesome so so you guys are out on that grind already yeah so that's really cool so you got you got 30 people coming out to help you um and they're you suspect they're gonna be regular how many of those yeah they're regular awesome and we've, like, divided up into five different groups. So there's the outreach group, the research group, the events coordinators, mm-hmm. um, like, management, and then... Then the fifth one, right? Then the fifth one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoot, what is it? Anyway. Um, I don't know. I, I'm in charge of the outreach. Sergeant of Arms? Like... Sergeant <laughs> Head of the military, <laughs> commander-in-chief. Commander of the homeless military. CIA director. Are you, um, how, how close are you to graduating? I have two years left. Okay, so after those two years, then what? Are you going to stay here and, and keep it going, or are you going to pass the torch and move back to, you're from? Portland. Portland, Oregon, right? Yeah. I want to pass the torch, because I want to go to graduate school for what I'm, I want to do conservation, and, yeah. or like natural resource management type stuff. Uh-huh. Um... So that's take it with you. Final goal. What? You just take it with you. Yeah, take the ideas with me. No, no, no. Take the take the people with you. I think we will. Just take them. <laughs> just just buy an airplane. We're all included. Buy a private jet. <laughs> That'll solve our problem. Fly them all back to Portland. 
they're probably all from Chicago. Did really? you hear about that? Wow. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to say this on the podcast because I haven't checked my facts. But it's okay. They, they heard I have heard that the at one point the Chicago mayor, um, instead of like paying for welfare, he was buying tickets for people to Hawaii because it was cheaper to buy a ticket. Like they offered people like if you come to town hall. We'll buy you a ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> and so it was cheaper to pay for that to solve the homeless problem in Chicago than it was to actually do, like, welfare programs. That's, that's... Or maybe it was Detroit. I don't know. That's, like, funny, but, like... It's really sad. It's, it's sad not, at the it's same time. It's not the onion. It's not the onion. Not the Let's see. I heard uh, that. Somewhere. Fact checkers. Dow. Yeah, those people who, there's two people that are listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like, a Seattle. <laughs> Seattle? <laughs> I believe it. Seattle homeless couples that so city paid plane tickets to leave town. Oh, just a couple. It wasn't like a widespread exodus to okay. Hawaii. The gathering. That actually there. makes sense because I have met several people that have come from Seattle though. Oh, wait really? a second. It says San Francisco and Portland. Ooh. Oh, busted. Portland. Portland is very high unemployment and homeless Portland. rates. Seattle. It's all those. It's all those West Coast. Uh, they're just along the West Coast there. <laughs> L.A. Well, because when you think about it, like feeding someone for a year costs so much more probably than a plane ticket to a one way ticket to Hawaii. You know, one way ticket to Hawaii. What you're two hundred bucks out. Yeah. From from the coast, like maybe even less, hundred fifty. Yeah. If you find it. Yeah. If you go on Cheapo Air, that's where I bought mine. <laughs> I need to buy my ticket too. This isn't sponsored by CheapoAir.com, but yeah, right. great, great place. A thank you to our sponsors, <laughs> Cheapo Air. <laughs> get, like, <laughs> the two people are going to report us for. <laughs> for using. Yeah. Interesting, man. Anybody from Kilikai reach out to you? Yeah. A couple times. Okay. And I think, I don't know, we might be. I don't know if I'm in this issue or not. They asked me for like a statement last week. Well, what was your statement? What did you say? I said, Give homeless people are dirty. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just talked kind of what I told you guys about humanizing. Ooh. And how homeless people, while they physically may be dirty sometimes, oh. they are humans and yeah. deserving of love. Yeah. But who reached out to you? <sighs> Is it a girl, Facebook. guy? It was a dude. It... I mean, in reality, like, we're all dirty from time to time. We are. So we all need to take a bath every once in a while. But we're all human. We all need to clean our colons. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> You're not wrong, I mean. That's very true. That is a part of personal hygiene, Bruno. Yes, it is. <clears throat> I don't know. Facebook message me, I swear. There's a guy named uh, Mason. It was something Chinese sounding. Thompson. Thompson's Chinese. the least Chinese Thompson I've ever heard. No, he's Chinese. Well, not exactly no, it's, Chinese. It's not Thompson. It's Thompson. Thompson Chang? It's Thompson Nida. That's Korean, dude. <laughs> Korean's Asian, isn't it? Anyway, it was like Chang or something. Yeah, Thompson Chang. Okay, yeah. That's well, there you go. I thought you meant the last name. I was like, his no, last name definitely was Thompson. Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Thompson Chang. Okay. Yeah, he did talk about that, but is he is he related to PF? <laughs> I think they're brothers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <an> uncle PF. <laughs> uncle P. <laughs> uncle P. 
What is PF short for? Oh, man. Pete, Pete Ferguson. <laughs> this is Pete this Ferguson. This has got to get off of here, dude. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll edit it. Did. Or not. I bet a girl hit him. I bet a girl didn't hear the lull. Never mind. <laughs> Choking on something over there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I was uh, in the Philippines, we taught a couple. Um, it was, it was a, well, husband and wife. We only taught two people. Just a couple. No, we taught um, husband and wife, and their name was Bing and Bong. <laughs> I kid you not. There's a there's a hymn in Cantonese. Once someone was telling me about, but like literally, I, I think it's carry on, carry on, carry on. Yeah. In China, in Cantonese, it goes Wang Ching Chong, Wang Ching Chong, Wang Ching Chong. <laughs> That's what they t- told me, at least. I don't know. Dude, no way. Fact checkers. Oh, it's okay. We can... better, better be screaming at us in the comments. If, if we have comments. <laughs> <laughs> the couple comments, dude. It's the couple that I taught in the Philippines, dude. They're the only people listening. And it's okay. We can say these things. Bruno is one-fourth Chinese. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, a little good, but... We've got to go on that. Yeah, I, I feel know. like in today's political, like, PC police climate... Politically correct, please. Yeah, we, we, yeah. PC climate, PC you know? master race. <laughs> oh wait, we I heard it. I heard it as called an outrage culture. That would make sense. Because like I was talking to him earlier, talking to Chaz earlier about how people can hide behind the internet, hide behind their screens, and like the comfort of, comfort of their homes, they can think about things. That's a plague, dude. They can look up things. Yeah. I was I was um. Pretty like pretty wroth about that a couple months ago. Wroth. Like, Foaming at the I'll mouth. have these things. Thou I'll, art wroth. <laughs> I'll go for like Thou two fool. or three weeks of just like, just like thinking about something and analyzing it and just like determining whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing. And if it's a good thing, then I'm hyped on it. But if it's a bad thing, I'll just like tear it to shreds. And one of them, one of those wow. things that I was like, I was like pretty like wroth about like a couple months ago is that. Like hiding behind your screen. Like, there's so many, like, even dating is behind a screen now. Like, you'll match with somebody on some, some dating app, you'll message them, they'll message back, or they'll comment something that's, like, so rude on, like, Instagram or something, like, there's such a disconnect, it's like, you're in front of a phone, and they're in front of a phone, so it's like, they don't think that they're saying it to an actual person. Mm-hmm. We were talking about earlier, like, this outrage culture is almost a way for people to, um excuse their bad behavior like you can you can't control your feelings well for the most part you can't control your feelings but you can't control the way you act about those feelings Mm -hmm. but people are taking it to this point where it's like they're justifying their actions because of their feelings it's like you can't justify you can't completely justify actions because of feelings it's like somebody let's think about Cain Cain felt anger Killed his brother. You can't justify his killing his brother because of anger. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's kind of a cancerous culture right now. Yeah, man. Like, my... I know somebody who met... <laughs> I can't say because they're going to listen and they're going to be like, Oh, that's me. I know somebody who met their wife online. And I told my mom, How is this going to sound down the road when, like, their kids are going to be like, Hey, where'd you meet mom? Met her on an app. 
do whatever. Our kids are going to be like meeting each other on VR chat or something. <laughs> They're going to be married and never met each other in person. Well, <laughs> yeah, like, think true. about it. Is that, you think that's more like acceptable? Or is it just like us being weird? What do you think? What, what do you mean? What do you guys think? Like, like you think like, what's more acceptable to, to meet people online? This awkward pause is brought to you by Crazy Malachi. Rich Asians. <laughs> Malachi Shiraki. Yeah, he's dope. He was uh, he was in my best friend's mission. Yeah. And by default, we're best friends. Oh yeah, you're in my best friend mission too. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I thought you were talking about me for. Oh, you went to Japan. <laughs> yeah. What was that? You went to Japan. Yeah, Nagoya. That's cool, dude. So we're all gonna kick it when you come back to Salt Lake. Me, you, Jared, Malachi. What's his, what's that one guy's name? The DJ? Um, he was in your mission. The DJ? I didn't know there's a DJ in your mission. Freak. I can't remember his last name. Man, people are cool and they just don't even bother telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the coolest kind of people, dude. You know they're not cool when they tell you they're cool. Hey, have I mentioned that I'm a DJ? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I met, I, was, I met myself actually, the DJ. <laughs> No. <laughs> Have I told you I'm a DJ yet? Have you seen my tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Have I told you that I'm a vegan yet? <laughs> I'm not a vegan, dude. No, you're not. Pescatarian. So you're pescatarian, yeah. I mean, yeah, probably close to that. I eat meat sometimes. I just try not to eat meat very much. Is there a reason why? Uh, environmental reasons mostly. DNC section 80, what is it? 98, 89? I thought it? it was two. Hmm? I don't know. <laughs> eat meat sparingly? Yeah, it says eat meat sparingly. And we eat meat every meal, which I wouldn't say is sparingly. You gotta get gains, though. You have to get gains. <laughs> <laughs> in our culture. <laughs> oh, adding in our culture after that. That's so it. is there specific meats you avoid? Beef, mostly. Beef is by far, like, the most costly yeah. resource-wise. So, like... I mean, like, if someone offers me food, like, if I go to a beautiful, kind family's house and they offer me beef, I'm not going to refuse. Oh, they're ugly. If they're ugly, then I'm going to be like, you look like this meat. I'm not going to eat it. (laughs) It's like eating your face. (laughs) Why not full-on vegetarian? Why pescatarian? Um, Pescatarian just because, like, um, the majority of the fish I do eat is locally caught. Okay. Which is very low. You go to Ken's? Um, yeah. And that's like, <laughs> honestly, that's kind of the only time I eat meat, uh, fish is Ken's. I go to Ken's pretty regularly. I just love it there. And it's local business. I don't know. I like yeah. it. Is there a change local. in like overall health? Do you feel? I feel fine. I feel hungry. All the time? Or just no, right I now? just have to <laughs> eat more like vegetables. Honestly, I feel like I eat better. Because, like, I have to be so conscious of, like, okay, I have to eat a ton of vegetables and, like, a ton of fruit to be, like, satisfied even. Yeah. And so, like, before, I feel like I would have just been satisfied, like, okay, I'll get, like, a piece, a hunk of chicken with <laughs> some, like, seasoning and something. And then, like, maybe... <laughs> maybe some rice. Some rice. Yeah. And, like... Soup potato, right? Maybe, you know? <laughs> maybe. Like, once every two weeks. What about, like, soda and stuff? I, I just personally don't like soda. Yeah, it's terrible for your health. A lot of sugar. Like, I'm, like, not super, like, 
I can't lie and be like, I'm super conscious of the nutrition benefits or like that I'm super savvy in that way. But like um, beef, if you go on a plant-based diet, your carbon footprint, I know, like reduces significantly. And since I'm into conservation... It's more natural to go down. Yeah, okay. I just kind of felt right, I guess. My dad, um, he played Masters Lacrosse in Utah. Mm-hmm. That's like, I think it's like 30 and up lacrosse. Um, and he was playing one time, and one of the guys on his team just had a heart attack on the field, died like right in front of his son. His son was drafting the game. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. That's so sad. After that, he went and got checked in the hospital to, like, check out his blood pressure, see if he's okay, like, if he was in danger of having a heart attack, because they were around the same age. Mm-hmm. And my dad's, um, he's a really healthy guy, for the most part. He, like, loves burgers. He absolutely loves burgers. Yeah. Um, but about, probably about a year ago, he went vegan, full vegan, for, like, a month or two, tried out, mm-hmm. because he did have a high, high Full vegan's hard. You have to yeah. be really conscious of, like... Yeah, he was. He's kind of he's kind of a nut like me. Like, when he gets on something, like when he gets on a kick, he's just like obsessed with it. Fixated. Kind of, yeah, like me. And actually, Jared does the same thing. Yeah, he does. But uh, screw he, you, Jared. <laughs> he'll probably listen to this too. Um, and he lost like he was he was way overweight and eh, not way overweight. He was like maybe like twenty pounds more than he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lost all of it. And he felt, like, way good after that. Um, but he was, like, kind of like the same thing. He didn't feel satisfied. Now he's, like, he's, like, off and on vegan. He'll be, like, vegan for, like, six days of the week. And then he'll eat a burger. That's, like, honestly <laughs> fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. For almost every purpose of being vegan or whatever, like, not eating meat most of the time or not eating animal products most of the time is really, like, it does just about the same thing. It does six-sevenths of what a full vegan does, you know? Yeah. I feel like people partially just don't want to do that, and it becomes kind of an us-and-them culture of, like, I'm vegan because I never eat meat. (laughs) Or, like, I'd never eat any of that stuff. I told you I'm vegan. By the way, I'm vegan. Have I mentioned that I'm vegan? But, like, but then it also turns into, like, because those people are acting that way, then other people get so polarized because they're like, well, screw you, dude. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't agree with what you're saying, so I'm gonna eat as much meat as I can. Oh so, yeah, like, yeah, it's like it the feels right like, left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like we were talking about. Like it, there could be a middle ground where almost everyone just eats less meat and would probably be healthier for it, and just as satisfied. Like if everyone was just like better about their diet, which they should be in the first place. But it turns into like either you're all in or all out. Me yeah. versus you, man. You're on my team. You're yeah. against me. Well, that's, so that, that's why it's, like, weird for me, because, like, I'm not really all in either way. People call me, like, vegetarian or pescatarian or whatever, but, like, I usually just tell people, like, I try not to eat meat. Yeah. You eat meat sparingly. Yeah. So what about, what about, okay, so there's different types of meats, right, when you're talking about it? Because mm-hmm. some of them are, like, pretty bad for you. Some of them are pretty healthy yeah. for you. Like, chicken. That's one of the healthier meats, right? Yeah. So okay. like, what do you what do you think about somebody that eats chicken? All, not about about somebody. Um, not about the person, but about like, what do you think if somebody were to eat chicken every day, like one meal a day? I like how you separated from the person because you knew I'd say like that's fine, I don't care. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't want to, like hate on people, you know. You want to like kind of like, not, I mean, you don't really want to hate on anything mm-hmm. unless it's like really bad. But like, you don't want to 
like stereotype a person that eats chicken because most people eat chicken probably daily, especially like in certain countries. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess my point is, is like, it's like okay, chicken's not that unhealthy. It probably has a lot smaller carbon footprint than uh yeah it does. than beef. Um, even pork does. Even pork. So it probably even has a smaller one than pork, and it's probably better than you, better for you than pork. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about chicken? I think chicken is the answer to the world's problems. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. No, I mean, like, wow, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> I think. It's like, is that the I FBI? Mean, like, if that if that's what a person feels like they can do, I, it's a step in the right direction, you know. And like, I mean, it'd be better to raise chicken on your own, because when you think about it, you know, like, realistically, the the most sustainable, healthiest, like, best way would be if we grew all of your own meat. And processed it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. but imagine back in the day, or yeah, back in the day when people had their own cows, had their own chickens, whatever. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't, wouldn't have be iPhones. able to eat. We wouldn't have iPhones. No. We, we, I mean, we wouldn't. I mean, there'd be no specialization. There's like, yeah. what, the world's farmers are like less than 5% now? Yeah. Because we have different innovators. We have people yeah. making phones, we have people making different technology. Have you seen the robot that? Was going around the, the interwebs. Robot? Yeah, you sent me that one robot thing. Oh, the Boston Dynamics, yeah. Yeah, Boston Dynamics. We wouldn't have that if everybody was farmers. Like, those yeah. people would be farmers. And so I think specialization is good, but just, like, when you think about it, that um, this 5% of people or whatever, whatever percent does yeah. meat, like, is creating meat for everyone enough that they can all eat meat, like, pretty much, or wealthy people, generally. Yeah. Wealthy in, countries. In first, yeah, first world countries, wealthy um, people in first world countries can eat meat pretty much as much as they want. Yeah, I mean, you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I'll, pu- I'll put out, or put down like 50 wings, dude. Yeah, you can literally go to all-you-can-eat places here. You know what I mean? Yeah, all-you-can-eat chicken wings, dude. I used to work at a wing, lo- wing restaurant to do that. But if you're require- required to ranch your own cattle or whatever, you you couldn't eat that much because you'd have to like think about, okay, in the long run, we need to ration this so mm-hmm. that... We will have still have cows left, but like the way we do it now is kind of like it's so separate from us that we don't think about like how many how much we're going through and like because yeah. yeah we can keep reproducing cows and cattle over and over and but like it just takes this immense cost to to grow all this food for them to feed them the water water is the biggest thing especially like in California oh yeah for sure. I have a friend that, like, when he's in Portland, he's not vegetarian, but when he, he went to college in California, he's completely vegan. Hmm? Just because it's so... Well, I have a friend... Like he has to do his part. I have a friend in Idaho. He owns a farm. Mm-hmm. They have, like, 40 cows. Yeah. Kill one every year, and it lasts them the whole year. Yeah. It's and true. I would, but I, I would imagine you're still, like, rationing the meat, right? Like... It says he eats 32-ounce steaks every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn, Zaddy. He's a big dude. He's a baseball player. I don't know. So he told me, and I'm like, Are you serious? Who is this? On one cow? His name was Tanner. For his whole family? <laughs> yeah, dude. dude what's what's up with Tanner's, man? I don't know. He told me he, they shot There's, an elk. They, we specialize. <laughs> we go one way and we go one way hard. It's true, dude. <laughs> he was telling me it's that like that he shot a big elk, just this huge bull. 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 And like. 
they're eating it for like two years. How do you guys feel about hunting? I would love to hunt. I was gonna ask that question. I would love to like go through the whole process, just to see appreciate what's on my plate. You know. Yeah, I think hunting like, for me. It's a it's a kind of aggression. I feel like I know you're not like angry, but you're like asserting dominance over another living thing, and for some reason that like I don't think it's inherently bad or morally evil, or like environmentally that bad because I think a lot of the people that really work on keeping uh, populations of elk or whatever stable are the hunters. They do a lot more than like the hippies crime, whatever. Yeah. And so I recognize that. Um, so it's not like a thing that I think is horrible in general, but I personally just, I don't think I could ever hunt. My dad went hunting once. He's from like rural Idaho. He went hunting once, killed a huge buck, a deer, mm. took its antlers, and he just felt so guilty. My dad's never been hunting since. Really? And then he moved to Portland and became a hippie like me. <laughs> I don't see you as a hippie, you, though. You became a hippie like him. I became a hippie <laughs> like him. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask that question about hunting, because it's kind of an interesting, like, you can almost, like, split it in two. It's like sport hunting and then yeah. hunting Poaching. for necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I just saw a post on Reddit about a guy who, he was, he was actually... F- from Idaho as well, he was a like a wildlife cons- conservationist, I yeah. think, as well. I don't know. He, he did something with wildlife or something outdoorsy in Idaho. Very vague. But um, people are trying to get him to resign from his job because they posted a picture of him with... Um, he killed, He went to South Africa, and he went hunting, and he killed a family of bamboo- baboons. Oh, yeah. So it was like father, mother, <laughs> children, killed all of them, right? Um and, like, it's almost like this moral dilemma that has two sides. It's, like, how could you, like, go out and kill, like, an entire family of living creatures, you know? There's that dilemma. And, but the other side of it is, like, well, population control. Apparently, in certain parts down there, baboons are like squirrels. And um, they're a lot more aggressive than squirrels. I mean, they'll rip arms off, right? Yeah. So it's, like, well, is it good what he did? Because he's helping keep the population down or is it a bad thing because maybe he found joy in hunting an animal that's a little bit harder to hunt than something like a like a chicken or or maybe an elk you know yeah a deer um just an interesting interesting thing to think about like where do you really draw the line with that yeah because i feel like for me the argument for against hunting is almost completely philosophical I mean not almost complete but like for me Mm -hmm. the reasons why I wouldn't or would do it is just I feel like everything kind of has like a spirituality to it yeah and like it's the same thing yeah you're right yeah like everything um, like even trees and like plants I believe you know really do have like some uh, spirituality and they're all and rocks too yeah and so especially the ganja I guess this is it for the podcast. Girl, oh. or like young boy. Ending. Yeah. Um, I watched a lot, of, a lot of anime, so. Yeah, so it's, it's like chan. chan and then Atsushi, like if you turn it into, it's just not uh, Chan, Ah, Chan. What's Atsushi? Atsushi. Atsushi. Uh, I mean, what's the difference between Atsushi and Sushi? <laughs> and Sushi? Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> sushi is with an S, Atsushi is with a T-S. Oh. That's sushi. a difference. And well, and the characters are different. 
I mean, the Chinese are they both it. food? No. Well, what, I mean, what, what's little, on sushi? It's kind of scrumptious. Is it? <laughs> is his <laughs> name hot sushi? In that kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh, this is. Anyway, what did you say? What's is Atsushi is just his name? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with sushi. Nothing to do with sushi. But everyone calls him sushi because they think it does. And they're racist. Because <laughs> everyone's like, oh, Japanese guy, Atsushi, must be sushi. Fun yes. fact about racism, um, that wasn't a word until the 1960s. That's Racist cool. and racism was not That's a word until the 1960s. So before 1960s... There was if, no racism. If we called them... <laughs> if we called them sushi, would that be racist? No, it'd be prejudice. Okay. <laughs> I see you, I see you. Well, the word prejudice, though, Smart wasn't creation. <laughs> Smart man. That's good, that's good. Prejudice based on race, that's what we're doing. Yeah, he just wanted to make sure we were finishing before 8, because he has to use the room, and he's like, can I set up? I was like, well, we're recording right now, but we'll try and finish. We'll finish in six minutes. And so he's like, so you guys just make sure you end at 8, because I have to use the room. I think he has like a beer thing or something. Yeah. He's wearing a suit, so it's probably official. Don't worry, dear. It's it. probably official. But they don't always wear suits? Honestly, in Japan, they kind of do. Really? <laughs> yeah. I heard like old guys wear like wear suits and are all serious, but play like Monster Hunter on their 3DSs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's dope, dude. That's goals for me. I know it is. I want to be like sitting in like a boardroom waiting for everybody to come in and play my Switch. Like playing like Yoshi Story or something. <laughs> oh man. Well, we can finish the de- not the debate, but the discussion of hunting and stuff. Oh, just to finish my thought, I guess yeah. about the spirituality. Why not? So, like, I just think like um, killing anything, like tree, whatever, in general, for the purpose of like dominating it. Um, I think it just tends to separate you a little bit from that spirituality. And so, like, the the friendlier you are to whatever spirit in whatever form, I guess, I, I can't think of a better word than yeah. friendly, but the more loving, I guess. More caring. Anyway. Yeah. Um, you are, I think you, you approach that spirituality better and more. More better. Well, what do you mean by dom- dominating? Like, I think just for fun? Like, just like, yeah, like, and teabag it? Is that it? Yeah, like, I think... Because hunting for necessity is one thing. Hunting for sport, I feel like, is kind of dominating. Well, like, if you eat it. I mean, eating it, but you're still like, you like, just hunting for, for your kind of amusement at the beginning. Uh-huh. Even if like you're like, okay, I hunted this, I killed this, and now I'm going to eat it. I feel like it's kind of a secondary thing. And like, uh-huh. I don't know. And then I just feel like people just like rip out plants and do like weird stuff just for fun. It's like, what's the why? You know? You're like sometimes like heart you I feel like people should just ask themselves why like you're why? harassing this poor animal just minding its business why what why? about like the deer population alumni that's so that was actually another point that I wanted to make if I had time but yeah, I was I talking about like because so I'm a research assistant for the biology department that's like what I do mm-hmm. and I'm studying strawberry guava what don't you do uh, tennis math oh, that too <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, so I'm studying strawberry guava in the mountains because it's like, it is the most aggressive, aggressive invasive species here in Hawaii. And so I'm studying just the effect it has on like biodiversity and soil composition and I, like, and just some other things. But um, obviously, like, for example, strawberry guava, I feel fine just ripping out 
and like I rip out strawberry guava when I see it because it is something that threatens. Is it tasty? It is kind of tasty. It's citrusy. Mm. Anyway, um, wrap this up. Is our last thing? Yeah, but um, like in that case, it's for the greater good, and so. I don't know. So the means I, justifies the ends. But there's there is no. people who hunt on Lanai that the they give the meat away to like people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about the situation on Lanai. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, this was good. I feel like it was good. A couple moments where it was a little bit posy, awkwardy. But I feel like we could float a little bit. Yeah. So it's probably me. I just like to. Th- I like no, thinking. dude. It's fine. We love that. It's fine. We love you.